Okay. Mainline coil. Artificial line coil. New armature lever. Separate batteries, supplementaries. All new contrivances. It's the 11th Street Telegram, your premier anachronistic news and entertainment program, coming to you from the offices of the 11th Street Telegraph Agency. Blazanov then will speak in high voice. Keep speaking on in your low voice while Blazanov at the same time speaks highly. This From is this point on, I shall speak in a and recorded elsewhere by instruments with appropriate sensitivities. And we're recording. I just we are said, recording. I just said the number three. I didn't even bother. <laughs> I know. I was surprised. Because <laughs> I thought it was going to give me a little uh, countdown, but it didn't do that. Mm -mm. This is the, for it. Bill, this, uh, like we were just talking about Todd Glass show, this is the cold open for the show. This is a cold opening. Yeah. This is the cold open. So other other shows, they just, they you know, they make a big to do and they let everyone know when they're going to start. Not this show. We just start. No. Yeah, we start. Yeah. We, you know, we get a little. Other bit. shows are shitting in their pants. Yeah, we we uh, we get the cold open going, and then we say, "Hey, we put in the description. Hey, the the actual show starts, right?" Yeah, yeah. I, we're completely lifted from Tom from Todd Glass's bit. Yeah, I thought we would do a like I was telling you. I thought we'd do a chat about what we were watching. Yeah, yeah, because it's been a while since we watched our last Coen Brothers movie. We watched yeah. A Serious Man. I guess next up on the docket is True Grit. See, the reason that we haven't um, recorded another Coen Brothers podcast is because we're letting it breathe. Yeah, so, so important. So important. You get a serious man letting it breathe. So what do you want? Do you want to talk about? I was thinking we could talk about what Oscar noms we've seen. Okay. To, to get us going. Hang on, let me this might on. this might end up in a this might end up in the, uh, an inevitable discussion of uh, don't look up. Oh yeah! Oh, I fully expected that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So wait. Let me do. You, let me pull up the list of Oscar noms. Get those noms out. People don't say that. Have you noticed that that word has gone out? Like the internet is sort of done with that word. The noms. Noms. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like as far as like uh uh eating goes oh i get you yeah the heyday would have been around the same time that um lol cats was peaking lol cats yeah right uh, i remember very distinctly when when lol cats was first becoming a very common thing on the internet there were me, certain ones that made me laugh so hard. Like there was one night I like literally couldn't fall asleep because I was laughing about lolcats. And I'm not talking about being a little child. I'm talking about being a grown ass of adult of like 25 years of age, laughing at lolcats. The I when when the heyday of the internet, like <laughs> early 2000s, um, <laughs> me and uh, you know him, my my old roommate Tom. Um, he and I were roommates. Man, we 
like that, that that was that was fun uh downloading um did you see the the felsner films gi joe oh yes psa oh yes God, that was that was there are certain so funny there are definitely certain little phrases from those gi joe things that are still very much um i don't know very pork much chop, a part of my lexicon pork chop sandwiches pork chop sandwiches <laughs> pork chop sandwich that smelled good yeah when he's running out of the building okay so um oh and uh home star runner strong bad yep email. home star runner oh what a great one yeah okay so oscar nominations best picture mm-hmm. i haven't seen all of these but we got you've seen more than i we've got belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley power of the dog west side story okay so of these i have seen and you're and one of them we can quibble with but i'm gonna put it on here anyway um with an asterisk Mm. i've seen coda don't look up asterisk Mm. dune king richard no i haven't i haven't seen king richard uh uh uh, nightmare alley Mm -hmm. power of the dog okay i saw don't look up nightmare alley west side story that's it okay i mean i got i've watched one more than you mm-hmm. um two more so, no you're right one more yeah um of those my favorite of those is coda by okay. by leaps and bounds i think wow yeah do you want me so i'm very curious to get your i haven't seen it yet but I heard a very, very strong negative take about that movie. Oh. Do you want to hear it and entertain it, or do you just not want to hear it? Um, let, here, I'll tell you what my take on that movie okay. is. Yep. It, 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 without spoiling, hopefully, if somebody wants to listen to this, we'll try and not spoil these movies. Mm-hmm. Other, I mean, it, we'll talk about maybe some of the premises or something, but... Yeah. So if you were like, don't want to know the premise whatsoever, then don't listen to this i guess um i think coda i like coda on a lot of levels i like that it's about it's it's about a a lower to middle class family working class um it sort of has a like pull yourself up by your bootstraps message a little bit but it's not too too much um uh it stands for children of deaf adults and they got actual deaf actors to be in the to be in the movie. Unlike, mm-hmm. I think that was one of one of the things I didn't like about Sound of Metal, um, is that they didn't have deaf leads playing these deaf people. Um, and it just has so much. It has so much heart. A negative I can see is that it it is a bit formulaic, but man, it's like when you get. A, like when you get a good cheeseburger that is just a cheeseburger but it's like the best cheeseburger you've ever had so mm-hmm. it, it's so good it is so yeah. so so good at okay at being that okay. kind of movie that cheeseburger so. metaphor i think is useful for another movie i want to talk about later okay um, well but but what's the so so um i listened to the film cast review and they had a, a guest on this guy walter chaw and he hated the movie 
because he felt like the movie was basically saying that deaf ah, the thing is i'm probably not going to represent his opinion very well okay but it was well. essentially just that it was portraying this idea that deaf people need a hearing person to like pull them out of their I don't know, they're like lassitude or something. They needs a hearing, a hearing person, uh, you know, is the protagonist of this movie that makes the deaf people seem like sort of helpless victims while the hearing person, you know, pioneers and, and is the protagonist of their lives. The, the re I'm shaking my head. And the reason that the mm -hmm. reason that that person, I, I feel like is we, we can all interpret art the way we want to interpret it. So I don't want to mm -hmm. say he's wrong, but I think mm -hmm. that he's wrong in terms of the movie because they address that. They have that discussion in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like, yes, a hearing person is a protagonist of the movie, but uh, it, I don't see that as being the message of this at all because it's, it, it, it's more about like, it's more about like complex family issues and like and like uh relying on somebody to do something that they need that they should have like inspected this this kind of like um oh what is it called like like emotional like like the work what is it called where where it's like unpaid labor emotional labor yeah, but and in in terms of this family, it was like unpaid labor, like mm -hmm. th like this person was just doing doing something. So yeah, I I, I can I can kind of see where they're coming from, but that that wasn't the takeaway of the movie. Like, I, I think I think they used that as a device in the movie to like further the plot a bit, but um. Yeah, I think if that's what somebody's hung up on, I feel like they're not tied into kind of the emotional stakes of the movie. That's my take anyway. Man, so this opening paragraph is fucking no holds barred of his review. It says something, something terrible, that the deaf community has embraced gratefulness for CODA because it's some kind of representation, while also expressing trepidation because CODA traffics in harmful stereotypes and centers the hearing perspective. The great Marley Matlin made news by insisting that deaf actors be cast as the film's deaf family, and that's amazing, huge, tremendous step in the right direction. And still, the material is so rancid that all of their great work highlights how desperately this community deserves to have material worthy of them. Coda is a grotesque bit of big performance slash working men's blues uplift trash in the vein of Mr. Holland's opus or Dangerous Minds. It has a high school audition montage for Christ's sake, a practicing for the big recital montage too. Coda posits that deaf people don't like music, even though it shows the parents, Jackie and Frank, pulling up to a heavy rap beat, suggesting that the film itself doesn't even consider rap to be music, just a noise deaf people can appreciate. Patronizing, condescending, and that's not even the worst of it. Anyway, it goes on. <laughs> it's I, like I think I th I think he's I think I think part of part of what the movie's doing is it's mm -hmm. like we have multiple identities and mm -hmm. that and that family like the dad in the family is like a is like a super blue collar like he he's a fisherman like he what he yeah. does for a living and who he is is sort of like this kind of like working class dude who uh yeah i i don't i don't see them as being like they're a deaf family but just because they say 
stop listening to like i don't i don't know that they've ever said we don't like music i don't know that that mm-hmm. has ever been the case i think the yeah. mom at one point says oh well you're pursuing singing would you would you be a painter if i was blind but like mm-hmm. that part of it was their relationship together maybe my take is going to be bad in 5 years maybe no it- i don't know i don't think so i i i definitely think that this review is maybe getting getting a little bit high off of its contrarianness i like if you reflect on i mean i can see why critics would not like that movie i get it because it it, it is kind of like i said it's like it's like a good it's it's a feel hamburger yeah it's like a it yeah yeah it's a fucking cheeseburger man it's a fucking cheeseburger but that's you know that that's a really useful concept i like that metaphor for for discussing movies yeah like I think that's a really useful little little concept. It's a cheeseburger of a movie. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. trying to be fucking duck confit. It was a cheeseburger. No, no, the, and no. and it yeah yes it has a it has a, a, a this is it's pretty spoilery if we mention those montages and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we maybe but, don't want to spoil. But but I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll we'll put it in the description or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get some good feel good stuff out of it. In yeah. addition to some very good acting by mm-hmm. by uh, deaf actors, which you don't see. Yeah, yeah, so. that's great. That's great. I gotta watch it. All right. So, do we want to next on this list? I know you watched Don't Look Up. I think you and oh I are God. different. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was funny throughout. And uh, some of the performances were funny. And uh, I kind of enjoyed some of the I don't know. It was definitely it's definitely a movie that's basically like, let's just revel in how fucked we are for two hours. Give us Um, the but I found it a give us the two sentence like uh, what is it? Oh, uh, for those of you who have not heard of this movie that are listening to this podcast, <laughs> it is a <laughs> uh, it's a movie where there is a comet that's going to impact the Earth um, and the scientists are trying to warn everybody about it, but nobody takes them seriously. Um, and it's a metaphor for climate change. It's a metaphor for how the wider community, you know, the scientific community is trying to get people to take climate change seriously, but they aren't. Adam McKay. Adam McKay wrote and directed, or just directed? I don't he know. co-wrote and directed. And, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Jennifer. Everybody, everybody. Morris. Name an actor; they're in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of people. Um, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, what's her name? Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep and ton of um, ton of people. Can I tell you what I didn't like about Mark it? Mark Rylance and yep. Yeah. So it just like, man, the, so my circumstances are watching this in still on the tail end of the pandemic in Minneapolis. It's been pretty bad as far as like percentage wise goes. And like, especially in January, we were up to like 25% positivity rate. Mm-hmm. And it's been cold as hell here. Yeah. like yeah like just brutal um so i'm sitting here alone and i put on this movie 
and just want like i don't know what i want but yeah that, i think it's bad to go into a movie wanting something and then being like well that didn't deliver it so anyway yeah. i turned it on and it was just like i i turned i told you i turned it off after like 20 minutes because i got the point like mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. i saw mm-hmm. where they were going mm-hmm. um and we don't we don't need to spoil the ending i asked you to spoil the ending for me because i was like yep just and i don't know it's just like the like kind of like caricatures of people i i agree with the point like it's a it's a it's a preachy movie in in that it's trying to like affect change you know but because i don't know if it's trying to affect change i think it's trying to it doesn't lay out a game plan i think it's trying to I think it's maybe trying to make certain institutions stop being, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That that's an overly quibbleless thing. I just said, it is trying to affect change. I suppose you're right. That's, that's, that's a fair way of putting it. And that's why I say it feels preachy to me because it, Mm -hmm. because it felt like, and that's, that's great. We need things to be like about issues and stuff. But for mm-hmm. me, it's it's really hard for me to watch something, and and I, I don't know. It's just it, it's really hard for me to watch things that are like preachy like that. Um, and because of that, it just felt like the characters, like the dialogue, felt really. I mean, I feel like people people lay into Sorkin for his Sorkin-y stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to start laying into Adam McKay about his like mean Adam McKay like non jokes that happen throughout it's just like mm. like funny but kind like kind of funny in like a wry smug kind of way I don't know man it just didn't hit me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sitting here in the dark mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. yeah you know it's fair it's, it's not dark for, and it's... I'm by myself and I was just yeah. like I cannot handle this level and at the end I'm gonna spend two hours and have yeah. it go have it go into it so dark. what i liked about it i think what i liked about it is it doesn't really let anybody off the hook because even the scientific establishment itself is not portrayed as being like definite good guys right it 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 portrays the fact that i think it i think the movie makes room for the notion that um the scientists themselves have committed errors and are partially to blame which I think is an interesting um, perspective. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was, I probably am not going to rush to see it again. Um, and I know that one of the reasons that a lot of people kind of were reacted very badly to the movie was not even so much the movie itself as sort of the way that Adam McKay and its co-writer David Sirota kind of acted on Twitter in the wake of it. Oh, what did um, they do? Well, I think that they kind of chalked the bad reviews up to the fact that the movie itself skewers the press, like the press comes off looking really bad in the movie. And so they kind of thought that the bad reviews were sour grapes, which I think is kind of a dumb opinion. Um, The thing that I kept seeing over and over again was like, I don't have anything against satire, but I want satire like Dr. Strangelove. This is no Dr. Strangelove. And it's like, Mm. It is like Dr. Strangelove. It's, it's, it's really doing exactly the same thing as Dr. Strangelove. It's like, take a contemporary problem, take all of the different sort of personality types involved, uh, exaggerate those personality types to the point of, of absurdity, 
and have a pessimistic dark tale. Like it's exactly the same on the surface. Maybe it didn't get executed as well in your opinion, but people were talking about Dr. Strangelove as if it was a fundamentally different type of satire. And I think it's exactly the same type of satire. So that was the one critique I didn't, didn't get with. I, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right too. And I, um, the, if, if we want to talk about power of the dog, like I was, mm. I think Matt was telling me he really liked power of the dog. And I told him like, I feel like this year is full of movies that I would say great directing, great cinematography, great dialogue. And still, I just can't stand them. Didn't care for it. Um, and, and I think like, I think that's, I think that's fair about this. Don't look up movie. I just, mm -hmm, I could mm -hmm, see that mm -hmm. I could see people like good at their craft and stuff. It was just like, oh man, I couldn't mm -hmm. very, yeah. very tough for me to handle. But so, um, Mervin, my friend Mervin, uh, watched it after I said, uh, I, I couldn't handle it. Um, he, uh, he watches movies when he's, uh, he bikes a lot, but he, he, in the winter, he does his uh, like stationary bike. But yeah, he's, like, stationary super, bike. He's super serious about his bike and stuff. Um, yep. But uh, so he was watching it when he was biking, and and he said he didn't like it. And I, he said he turned it off after forty minutes. And I said, "What didn't you like about it?" So here's his quote. He said, "Everyone was just a lazy caricature. Science mm. good, politicians bad, media bad, tech bad." Every line was just winking to the audience instead of anyone actually acting like a human. Hmm. Um, and then he said, I have a very, <laughs> this, I, this is skewering it like for sure. But I, and he said, I have a very specific type of person in mind who would like that movie. They've watched every James Corden clip in existence. They share posts from, quote, I fucking love science every day. <laughs> And when someone points out something that is not true, they just say, quote, well, it's interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. so. Well, so so I think I mean, you know, that's fair enough. I, I didn't have that reaction. I do think it's a little bit harder on the scientists than he gives oh, it credit shit. for, because so like. Can I give a spoiler, a little bit of a spoiler? I, I don't. You can spoil for me. You can spoil yeah. everything you want to about this movie. All I right. don't care. We'll just put it. We'll put spoilers are all over the place. Yep. In the, so um, the Leonardo DiCaprio character gets totally suckered in by the media circus for a while. Mm, okay. He becomes totally he goes completely off the rails to the point where Jennifer Lawrence gets really pissed off at him. Oh, interesting. But at the last minute, he does redeem himself. He comes back around at the end okay. but he starts he starts cheating on his wife with kate blanchett he becomes obsessed with it. he becomes really taken with the celebrity status that he now enjoys um, um and then at the end he redeems himself he like apologizes to his wife and stuff so maybe that's unearned maybe it would have been better if he had, you know hadn't had that redemption but i think it I, can, I think it kind of shows that like one of the problems is that some of the scientists who ha have become more interested in their own celebrity than actually getting the message out in, a, in an effective way. Uh, um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, I guess at some level, I just sort of enjoyed marveling at how much even this ridiculous satire does in fact resemble some of what was actually going on, especially with COVID. Um, oh God. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I just, I, I I could it felt real when when I was watching it and I 
I was not yeah. here for it as yeah. this. So. Well, I of the three movies I've seen that were nominated for Best Picture, it was it was my least favorite. I still oh, enjoyed okay. it, but it was my least favorite. Right. Wait. Uh so so that's don't look up. Mm-hmm. Watch it if you want. Mm-hmm. I would say stay no. away. I would say no, but they would say go for it. Uh there's mm. a pretty funny little joke at the end. Oh but no. but anyway, I'll there's a post-credits scene which i found kind of uh, kind of enjoyable so if any of you do watch it stay through the end of the credits did you watch dune i can't remember no i still haven't seen dune june june and i don't think it's on hbo any longer so i'll have to Mm. wait until it or have to rent it or something uh king richard didn't see it wanted to but didn't see it I, I had no desire to see it, and then it got nominated for all kinds of stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have watched it while it was on HBO. L- Lico Rice Le- Pizza. Didn't see it. Didn't see it either. I want to. Nightmare Alley. We both watched Nightmare Alley. Yep. Uh, I, so Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro. Yep. Um, who, was, who was the lead? Bradley Cooper. That was Bradley Cooper? Yeah, that was Bradley Cooper. Who do you think it was? The entire movie. I thought it was Ray Fiennes. <laughs> Not Ray Fiennes the... is, is... You know, they do have, I suppose, similar-ish faces. They both I... have very prominent Roman noses. But Not until... One is English and the other is American. And I would say Bradley Cooper is probably about 10 years younger than Ray younger. Fiennes. Not until this, not until this very moment. Of course, of course, it's Bradley Cooper. Of course, it is. I don't know why I thought <laughs> until this very second. I was like, "Oh, look at Voldemort up there doing his thing." Yeah. Um. Uh, not my. So I. Uh, yeah. So Guillermo del Toro remake of an old, old uh, morality tale, Nightmare Alley. Um. Willem Dafoe's got a part in it. Um, is that Kate Blanchett you know, in that? Kate Blanchett is in it. Yeah. 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 And so is uh, Rooney Mara. Some good, some like very satisfying carny carnival shots and stuff. Some very yeah. satisfying. Beautiful uh, production values. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the cinematography in this movie. I felt a little bit like Bradley Cooper was a little too old for the part. Because in the beginning of the movie, they keep calling them, yeah, you're just a young kid. You're an up and coming kid. I felt like he should have been he should have been younger. Bradley Cooper seemed a little too middle aged for the part. Were, were all of them older, though? Like, was it was it like a what's this young guy doing in an old man's game kind of thing? I suppose. I mean, yeah, relative to everyone else, he was younger. That's true. I don't David know. David Strathairn. Oh, my God. David Strathairn is so awesome. He's good in everything. What was he? What part did he play in the movie? He played the old alcoholic, the partner of uh, Tony Collette's character. That's right. Why can't the old gray-haired. Picture... Yeah. Why can't I picture him in my in my mind? David Strathairn has he's he's one of those movie improvers for me. He's like Stanley Tucci shows up in something and just makes it that much better. Although I've got a counterexample to that. Oh, to bring okay. Up later. Yes, yes. He was um yes. He's really good. He um he was in um he was in uh Sopranos for a bit. He played um that's who I remember him most. He he was a he was a principal or like a guidance counselor or something. 
and he played Carmela's kind of love interest or something. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, he was in he was in The Expanse and he was in um he played it way early in his career. He was in uh Mate Juan and he's been in he's just been in so much good stuff over the years. Yeah. Um, good night and good luck. He played Edward R. Murrow. Yeah, that guy's I, awesome. I think we should I think yeah, we'll just put spoilers all over this because I want to talk about something that he did that yeah, so spoilers again, but yep. um the his book like the little tricks that he had with the oh my god that that was yeah you know what i thought was amazing one of the things i thought was kind of amazing about nightmare alley is um is that Guillermo del toro has in some ways made a career on uh movies that kind of affirm that monsters and magic are real right like so many of his movies are about how um, there's there's hidden wonder and magic. There are monsters, there are fairies, there are demons, right? Like, and yet this movie, I kind of was expecting the whole time I was watching Nightmare Alley, I kept expecting is like, okay, at some point there's going to be some actual supernatural element to what's going on. And there never is. It's all like, there's no magic in this movie. It's all realistic. It's all practical effects. It's all practical uh, tricks which I thought was incredible because it's kind of the opposite of what you expect from Guillermo del Toro. Um, so I liked that a lot. Um, yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. 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 That was good. It was good. I, um, I, I think the, I, I wanted more time with Ron Perlman and um, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I just, I wanted more of that stuff. The, it, like, it's it's such a it's such a bleak movie for del toro like it a is lot pretty of, bleak well so are, i mean uh pan's labyrinth is bleak is i know it ends bleak but it sort of hasn't uh I, it's been a while since i've seen it but doesn't it have like kind of a a life affirming or like or like message as far as like the doesn't she go to live in pan's labyrinth at the end or something like something well she like she that? she dies but i guess it's a little ambiguous she dies but i suppose you can interpret that her spirit then goes to live in this magical kingdom under the ground yeah i i just yeah. I, I just feel like i feel like his other movies i'm maybe i'm just getting sappy in my old age or something but i just want mm. like it was such a negative like overall um oh mm -hmm. what, what, what's the what's the rich guy the actor richard richard jenkins richard jenkins great great performance by him i get that actors want to do different things but man he's he's such a good nice guy <laughs> and mm -hmm. he just plays like this like super effed up uh like murderer like rapist guy or something like Ugh, it it, it mm -hmm. just that it just felt so like so like I like the movie ended and I was just like oh god this is ugh I need to go mm. I need to go take a nap or a shower or something after this movie mm. um mm. but it and so immediately after watching the movie I googled to see if I could find the original anywhere mm -hmm. and you can watch it on YouTube for free I guess somebody mm. has pirated it on there um 
but the the ending of that so the guy becomes we're just spoiling the crap out of all these movies the guy becomes the geek at the end mm -hmm. um and then there it like much in like the fashion of those movies at the time where the where the the last tale of the movie just happens in like two minutes mm -hmm. um so you know you have like the climax and then very quickly two minute exposition and like wraps everything up so the guy becomes a geek and then he escapes like how earlier in the movie that geek escaped and they were all looking for him um so same thing happens to that guy but his girlfriend is there and like grabs him or something and and then he comes to his senses because his his girlfriend is there and mm -hmm. It's a redemptive thing that happens in like a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know that that's a better ending, but um, at the moment, <laughs> I liked that there was a happy ending out there. Mm -hmm. I could like convince myself that, hey, maybe this guy's arc mm -hmm. was not so terrible. But mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it was great. It was a really good movie. Um, did you like it? Better than Shape of Water, which which he won. Best I think I liked him equally. I think I liked him equally. Man, yeah. people very upset when Shape of Water won, right? Really? Hmm. I remember. I remember it being that way. No, I don't remember it being that way. But that I'm, that does not mean that, that that is not the case. Yeah, I I like, but I like his production style. He's pretty like he's pretty old school, like as far as how scenes are set up and stuff. I really like yeah. I and I like Nightmare Alley. I just didn't like it quite as much, but it's it's more because I don't know. I just I need some I need some relief. Yeah, <laughs> I, I relief in my <laughs> bleakness. I, I've never seen his original movie Kronos. And as oh, far as yeah. I know, that's the only movie of his that takes place at all in Mexico. Mm. Um I'm sort of sort of wish that he would make a movie in mexico again like about mexico but his next movie is going to be um pinocchio set in fascist italy yeah which that, sounds kind of interesting that sounds great um i think i'm looking right now i think yeah chronos is on um criterion channel mm. i have not seen that either just added it to my queue nice. um yeah, so, so the only movie of his I didn't like was Hellboy 2. I thought Hellboy 2 was kind of bad, but everything else I've seen from him I've enjoyed. I didn't watch um Crimson Peak yet though. I haven't seen that one. I liked I liked Crimson Peak. Uh Hellboy 2, I, I get it. I, I I understand um why people don't like it. I, I love Hellboy comics. Um it mm. does not do the comics justice, but I do like it just for the creature design he had a ton of money and he spent it all on just these like weird creatures i did i did like that i did like the creatures and stuff it was something else about it's been a while since i've seen it i saw it in the theater and that was it the plot i liked a little, the production design but there was something else about it i didn't like it, it's it, the plot is kind of like all over the place but yeah yeah all right so that was so that was nightmare alley mm -hmm. okay um which so you saw West Side Story and I did not. Yes. And you saw or I saw Power of the Dog also. 
Yeah. So I want to briefly talk about West Side Story and just say that yeah. the thing about it that I liked so much is that it did not try to modernize the choreography or the singing at all. Mm. Um, they The actors sang the music. They sang their parts like it would have been sung back in the 50s or 60s when it first debuted. It, it was sung with a more classical singing style. It was not, so like, I kind of thought that, so they cast for the role of Maria, which is the female lead. They cast this very young woman who had like been a hit sort of making YouTube videos. And I was like worried that she was going to perform the pieces like a pop star from 2022 right with the singing style of a, a contemporary pop star like she was you know christina aguilera or britney spears or olivia rodrigo or something but that's not what she does at all she sings it in a in a very classical style fashion like like a like a broadway singer would have sung 50 60 years ago which i think is so much better because it's set during that time period um and pretty much all of the vocal performances were like that um, I also thought that the choreography was incredible. I think that Steven Spielberg, if you can think he can direct the hell out of an action sequence, he can direct the hell out of a uh, dance number. And um, the plot is fleshed out from the original. Like there's a lot more meat on the bones of the plot. Mm. And mostly in a way that I thought was very good. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed West West Side Story quite a lot. I wanted to go to the theater to see it a second time, but we just didn't get around to it. I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. Um, I numbers are looking good here in Minnesota. The as far as COVID goes, so I might I might be going to man. I really hope I can go see Batman in the theater. I really want to see that Robert Robert Pattinson Batman. That just looks. Man, I, I, I got to so say, I had the complete opposite reaction. I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks just like every other goddamn gritty superhero movie they've been doing for the last 10 years. Here's the dark, dark cinematography, a lot of rain, a lot of people standing. It just looks here's so the, boring to me. So the, boring. Here's the here's the distinction. And I, and I agree, like it, it's probably a subtle distinction. Um Everything in that movie looks like they've never wiped a surface in their life. Like, like the Christopher Nolan's Batman stuff looks like <clears throat> it's gritty, sure, but it's like, oh, I've I have all of this money, and I will have these elaborate, super inventive things or whatever. And uh -huh. and uh, uh, what's his name? No chin guy. Um, what the fuck is his name? He's been in every all Christopher Nolan stuff. The lead, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got like everything he has is is like multi million dollar man. The Batmobile in that in this Robert Pattinson movie, it looks like it looks like it's a Mustang with some stuff on it, and uh, it yeah didn't stand I, out to me. I, I it's just. I, know, I don't know. No, man. no, I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I not do like saying this stuff to try and convince you because I don't yeah. think there's like. I think I, I'm a lost cause. No, I. To... I just. I'm just excited for it. 
Um, no, I, I do like Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano. I mean, I think both of them are really oh, good. Man, and the the Riddler, if if they do it right, um, yeah, the Riddler it should be good. And the director said he he made this gritty thing, but he also made it PG thirteen. And I'm on board with that. I don't think we need an R-rated Batman movie. Like, mm. what the hell? No, you don't need that. Anyways. Yep. Um, yes, I want to see West Side Story. Hopefully I can see it in the theater. Oh, I was going to say, by the way, speaking of watching these things in the theater, Coda, apparently the director and, and Apple are putting Coda back in the theater and oh. and um, uh, not charging for it. Oh. And are have open captions uh, during the movie in the theater. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. I don't know where where like it might just be specific theaters that you have to go see it in to get to get in for free. But I thought that was pretty nice. And, and like, kudos to them for putting captions on. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I want to see West Side Story. So you want my take on Power of the Dog? yes don't spoil it because i still want to watch it but i do want your take i won't spoil it uh, i will spoil maybe something in in the essence of the movie okay if, if that's okay yeah it's i had i don't think i've ever seen any uh any other jane campion movies before mm -hmm. on paper the way this movie plods along should be exactly in the sweet spot of movies that i like it's mm. like slow, methodical, like mm -hmm. lots of quote unquote artsy shots of like yep. kind of like super focused on somebody making rope and like the background's all blurry, you know, just like nice, well thought out shots like that. Yep, yep, yep. It's like it was like too much of a good thing. I like it it's it, I like separately the elements were great and then you put them all together and i was and i got to the end and i just wanted to like mm. smack myself in the forehead mm. um so did you ever watch green knight no i keep i keep looking around for it but i haven't seen it i just i mean you can just rent it for like four bucks or whatever I, yeah i'm trying to it's this, well, I paid money for all these streaming services. Like, that's what I do. And I need to, like, get over that and just watch movies that I want. Yeah. Um, um, let me see. I, it didn't get any Academy Award nominations for anything. But I thought it was great. Yeah, it's still five. I should just watch it. It's five bucks. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, and and similarly, a snub. Uh, our, our boy, Anderson. Wes Anderson, no. Yep, no French, nothing for French Dispatch. French Dispatch, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see it. Yet. Um. Mm. So yeah, that was Power of the Dog. Just seeing what the other ones. Um. Did you say you you did see King Richard? Nope, didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. I want to see Belfast. I want to see Drive My Car. So that's all the that's all the best picks. BP we, noms. So do we want to keep talking about like being the Ricardos, tick tick boom? We got to talk about tragedy of Macbeth real quick. Oh but yeah, not, not in detail because we'll save that for the other podcast. Yeah, tragedy of Macbeth, so good, so yep. good. Really the, enjoyed it. 
the person who plays the witches, holy mm-hmm. crap. Yep. Oh my god. For sure. It reminded me of watching an old like silent movie. Like it reminded me of watching Fritz Lang's Metropolis or something like that. Yeah. Um the way it was staged, the production design. Oh, it was so good. It was just like surreal. I wish more movies would embrace that like heightened sur- surreality instead yes. of heightened reality. Right. You can just do so much more with it. It's like and they and it, things still had rules like it wasn't like oh spatially nothing needs to make sense or anything. Um Denzel Washington was great. Yep. Um I watch it with captions on. I'm glad I got to watch did. I got to watch it again with captions. Yeah. Plus, I got to watch it again when I don't have to go to the bathroom in the middle of it and have some issues. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was not so good. I missed did, a big did, chunk. Did you did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 They had it at uh, Bookhouse Cinema, our little local independent theater. Shout out to Joplin Bookhouse Cinema. Yep, man. Bookhouse Cinema. I was just I just introduced a screening of Roma there the other night. I saw I saw a front page of the Joplin Globe. Talked talked about you. Yep. Introducing Roma. Yes, sir. That's front page news, man. Um, man, so all right. Go ahead. No, just uh, Macbeth was great. It was. Um, it, I feel like it should be. I feel like it should be up there for best pick. Hmm. I, certainly. I mean, you know how I feel about it. I just said it, but take yeah. out. Don't look up and put Macbeth up there. Take out Dune and put Macbeth up there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want me to? Do you want me to say what my take on Dune is? Yes. G- looks great. Looks like amazing. Looks great. The the narrative of Dune it, itself, like you've seen, have you seen the original or do you know? Oh, you never, never read it. it never seen it. Okay, I won't, I won't go too much into it, but there's. It's it's like the kernel of sci-fi that like Star Wars pulled from and other things have pulled from. Um, it's got like a savior narrative that isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you can dress it up how you want, but at the end of the day, it's still kind of the savior narrative, which is kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it that I mean. It's a. It, I would say that's a quibble. That's not like a reason to wholly like. It, it's not a bad movie. It's just it wasn't my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And it and uh, Denis, his movies aren't known for. I keep I keep having this idea in my head of heart. Like I want a movie to have heart lately. Yes. And it's just kind of cold. It's a cold movie. Yeah. 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 Looks hmm. great. Looks great, but it, it's sort of just like stony-faced people talking at each other. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So anyway, are you what? What's your timing like? How how much time? I can go a little while longer. Okay. Like another oh. half hour. All right. Uh, okay. So we talked about. Have, have Have you seen Being the Ricardos? Nope. Do you want to hear my take on it? Yep. Loved it. Loved it. He big loved fan. it. I, I big just, fan. Um, it, it's a, it's this one of the Sorkiniest movies you've ever seen. It's like the the things that I love about it are similarly things that people will probably hate about it. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh, yeah. But it could have been, you swap out the characters, it could have been an episode of The West Wing with, like, yeah. some different um, setups and stuff. But, right. man, that he knows how to write, he knows how to write a movie with, like, little things that he, like, hints at along the way and then, like, bop, 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 like. Yep, all these it's a cheeseburger. Dialogue, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, different kind of cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a cheeseburger. Maybe it's a uh, bacon and blue cheese or something. Maybe it's yeah. like a like a elevated cheeseburger. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, um, Coda. If we're using that metaphor, Coda's like the really good um, um, formulaic one from like the diner down the street. But like they know how to make these simple ingredients really good and ricardo's is like it's like it's like the fancier place it's like yeah. uh pf chang's or something <laughs> <laughs> but some yeah admittedly processed to all hell but sometimes you know you're on a road trip mm-hmm. you want some pf chang yeah yeah um i'd be interested in watching it what can you tell me we you told me about the the javier bardem uh you you explained it to me more than i knew knew anything about it but oh well just people were people were objecting to how the fact the fact that even though he was even though he's spanish he was cast as a cuban um right and you know some people objected to that on you know diversity and representation grounds um but i'm a little skeptical of those i mean i i I think that objecting to javier bardem playing um playing uh, desi arnaz is the is would be the same as objecting to a british person playing an american person but you you said something you, you you but there was another point that you made about like something that that I didn't think about didn't you say like something about Desi Arnaz being like the status that he was or, or oh yeah like i mean that? well so i think i think the implication in some of these people's objection was that you used a white actor to portray a person of color but Desi Arnaz was a white cuban like he was a he was a very light-skinned very upper-class cuban literally descended from the spanish aristocracy that ruled cuba before it was independent and so it's a bit of a stretch to say desi arnaz was a person of color and mm-hmm. so using a spaniard to play him is pretty right on the no- pretty right on the money given that spain was you know he was born into a family of spaniards who had come to cuba Mm. Um, mm. so I think that you can object on nationality grounds. If you think that a person, sh- a, you can only get a, like a person, a Cuban character should be played by a Cuban. Okay. Fair enough. But if that's the line you're going to draw, then there should never be a British person playing an American. There should never be, you know, a, a you know, right. and so on across the board. Right. Um, I think that, I think that, um, this kind of gets to the larger, one of the larger topics that I often think of, which is the way that um, when Americans talk about race in Hollywood films and TV shows, they use American racial categories to do so. 
which is understandable because this is the United States, but the, the, what, what Americans tend to do is they tend to think, okay, anybody from below the Rio Grande is a person of color, is a non-white person, which is extremely ahistorical and screwed up because there's plenty of white people in Latin America. Um, you know, and so it's like, and, and you, you need no look, you need look no further to sort of see the absurdity of this when you see that even Anya Taylor-Joy has been referred to as a person of color <laughs> because she's from Argentina. It's like, no, there's, mm. there's white people in Latin America. There's like a lot of white people in Latin America. Um, and a person who is of very light skin doesn't cease to be a white person if they, so yes and no, right? Because on the one hand, in the United States, we tend to think of Latino immigrants as being non-white, but I don't think all Latinos think, I'm on shaky ground here, I'm gonna get canceled. But, you know, if Anya Taylor-Joy is not a person of color, just because she's from Argentina, and yet there is this kind of superficial racial categorization that many Americans engage in, which automatically put anyone from Latin America is in the person of color basket. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting take. Yeah, and me and me liking the Ricardos being the Ricardos. There's there, I can see why people dislike it because there is. It, it, it in similar Sorkin fashion, that dude has some has some like old school rah rah America mm -hmm. undertones. Yeah, they are very present in this movie. I don't think he quite ends the movie with like flag waving, but yeah. um, the end of the movie. I, I'm trying not to spoil too much because I was glad I didn't know some of the plot yeah. points of it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm a very left left leaning anti nationalistic person. Um, right. That being said, I still like that movie. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes movies are, you know, they're if it's a good cheeseburger, it's a good cheeseburger. It's a, it's a good cheeseburger. So, all right. So, speaking of good cheeseburgers, um, the ultimate cheeseburger I've seen lately was a little movie from 1997 called Titanic. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. I, I mean, it's just such a really good cheeseburger. I, I just, I, I just really think, like, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where the movie was so popular that it then it, then it, then it then sort of became cool to think it to be a person who thinks it's not good. Um, and if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But it's a it's a melodramatic love story. It's a formulaic movie. Like that's what kind of movie it is. And I just think it's an extremely extremely good cheeseburger. It's like a perfect cheeseburger of a movie. It really is. Um, I think all the actors are good. They're playing caricatures, but they were never supposed to be playing anything but caricatures. That's what they like. They're caricature roles. I got, got a question. Yeah. What led you to that movie? Um, it was on kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, we were just like, you know, I've been wanting to rewatch Titanic and Emily goes, oh yeah, me too. And I was like, all right, let's watch it tonight. It's like, okay, we're watching it tonight. Nice. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. We had we had recently watched not not super recently but recently ish had watched um, Aliens 
And so I was like, well, let's continue our James Cameron kick a little bit. And I think that James, I think that James Cameron is just extremely good at making cheeseburgers. Yeah, Cameron went uh Cameron filmography. Yep. Um yeah, he did Okay, so so Aliens 1986, then The yep. Abyss. Have you yep. seen The Abyss? No, I've never seen The Abyss. Oh, it, it's worth watching, but it's not it's not like top tier for him or anything. Yeah. Then Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Incredible. Oof, man. Executive producer of Point Break. I didn't know that. Um, True Lies. True Lies. I, I these all blend together for me. True Lies and Strange Days. I've seen. Oh, both I didn't of see them. Strange Days. I forgot about that one. Uh oh, he wasn't the director. He was the writer and the producer. Mm. Um, and then Titanic. Yeah, ninety seven. Right. Yeah. Um, then the next movie he directed was Ghosts of the Abyss, which is a documentary. Right. That yeah, that's right. His period of just doing documentary stuff. Yeah. Ghost of the Abyss, Aliens of the Deep, and then of course Avatar in two thousand nine. Yep. yep. And that's the last thing he directed. Yep. Was that's Avatar. that's it. He he hasn't been super prolific, but all of his movies have made so much money that he just has tons of money. Um Yeah. Um He was a writer for Rambo too. I didn't I had know that. No idea. Yeah, I just think that Titanic is just the filmmaking. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of admirable. Like it's the movie was literally more expensive than the Titanic itself was adjusted for inflation. But then it made two billion dollars or something. Right. It's it's a it's an interesting it's so interesting for him as a director, because. By the way, I just don't want to gloss over it. He co-wrote. Rambo with Sylvester Stallone. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's an outlier. Like yeah. he directed but, Xenogenesis in 78 and Piranha yeah. 2 and The Terminator and yeah. Aliens and The Abyss and Terminator 2. And then you know what I think I'm gonna do? I think I'm gonna do Titanic in 97. Yeah. And I mean he I don't know. I just think that so the the thing about the movie, which is kind of amazing, is the prologue. So the movie has a framing device. The movie has a modern day thing and there's a flashback. It spends a lot of time on that prologue. It spends a good 30 minutes before you get to the flashback. And you got to like when we were watching it, I kept thinking it's like, I just know that at some point the studio was like, this prologue is too much. Like this is going on too long. You got to get to the ship. And James Cameron was like, no. It is necessary to do all of this establishing. And I think it is because over the course of the prologue, there's so many things it sets up that the audience then, like you were saying about uh, being the Ricardos, the audience then gets to see, ah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. It's like, it's probably kind of a cheap technique, but it's an effective technique where you, where you make the audience feel smart, but it's, it's, it's a very delicate, it's a very delicate line to walk. Because you don't want the movie to feel smarter than the movie, mm. then you're in trouble, right? If the if the audience feels smarter than the, the movie, you want the mo- the audience to feel as smart as the movie, and he hits it, I think, right in the money. And like it really, the the visual effects and the production design, I think, really holds up today. Like really holds up, um, and just. He does this, he spends a lot of time just kind of establishing how big the Titanic was. Like at the beginning, when 
the Leonardo DiCaprio character goes onto the boat, he goes down through all of the layers. Like he's going down from the first class to the second class to the third class. And then it's the area, the place where the huge pistons are. And you're actually seeing the big pistons rotating that move the propellers. And then you go below that. And it's just, a, it's just like the underworld. It's like, like just men shoveling coal into furnaces. It's just, I, gotta watch I, I just, I gotta it's watch just it. really transporting. It's just, I just felt this sounds kind of sappy, but like watching the movie, I felt extremely transported. No, yeah, that's what yeah. movies should do. But yep. did they, was it just a bunch of sets? Because the, the reason I asked that is because um, like Cameron is, Cameron is, will like just make the thing if it doesn't already exist. Yeah. Because in the, in the abyss, he, in that movie, he made, or I don't know, if he did it, but like he helped invent this um, aud- auditory like microphone system because he wanted to be able to he wanted to be able to hear actors' voices and see them through their their helmets. Mm-hmm. That technology, this specific one that they used, didn't exist. So he's like, "Well, I'll just build. Fine, I'll have people build it." So I bet, like. It, probably what happened after titanic was he was just like oh yeah i get to build all this cool stuff and like do all this underwater stuff yep and so for the next 12 years he was just like yeah i'm gonna use all this technology this cool technology stuff and i'll be yep. my own version of uh jacques cousteau over here Absolutely. but anyways did, did they was it all sets did he it was a combination like a- i mean so there were a lot of sets Right. He built huge amounts of interiors for the different parts of the ship, like huge numbers of staterooms and huge numbers of things. And some of them he built in a way where they could easily be flooded. They could easily be flooded to where like the hallway could be at a tilt so that the water would be coming up. And he used apparently it was mostly shot like in Baja, California, and they used this enormous um, tank to film in. And so he also built large sections of the ship so that they could be filming in and around it as it was like going down. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the, the sinking scene still like really holds up. Um, is the, the, is the raft scene as ridiculous as I remember it being and as all the memes are like, Oh, there's no room on the raft. Is it as ridiculous as it, as I remember? No, because the movie fucking establishes. So they, they, they find this door or whatever. Right. Yeah. Rose gets onto it. Jack tries to get onto it as his weight gets onto it. It starts to capsize and he's like, Oh "Oh, shit, it's not heavy enough for the both of us. Just you go on it. So okay. all of those memes, that is literally addressed in the movie itself. Okay. The people who made those memes Out of context. didn't even like, it's literally in the text of the film itself, it is addressed. <laughs> <laughs> and James Cameron at one point actually went on Twitter to like clap back at all those people. And he was like, it's in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What What did you watch it on? What's it streaming on? Just rented it from iTunes. Oh, okay. iTunes. Yeah. I choose. Um, kind of made me think, man. I enjoyed watching it so much. Maybe I should see if I can get like the 4K or something. Yeah, get that 4K. Um, let, let me see real quick. I bet it's on something. Titanic, uh, streaming. Let's see. Hulu Premium subscription. Oh, because it's on Showtime. That's mm. why. Okay. 
that show too. I uh, watched for no, if we're going backwards here. Yep. Oh, wait, one other movie I want, one other Oscar movie. Can we oh, right. jump back? I think the only other, let me double check this. Oh, I did watch Flea. I watched Flea, which was oh, a yeah, Flea. documentary, animated documentary. Um, it was fine. It was fine. Mm. I don't. I don't really have more to say about it. Mm. Um, Encanto. You, you and I both watched it. Like, yeah, that old I, chestnut. I just. It was. It was fine. It was fine. If I had kids, it would be on rotation because smart. Smart songs. Um. But it, like a lot of people are applauding the animation in that movie, it just feels like the character design for this stuff. I feel like they they just gave up somewhere along the way, where they're just like, "Oh, well, here's what faces are gonna look like now, mm. so we're gonna make all faces look like this." I can't even I can't even immediately describe it, but so Encanto is the Disney movie about mm. a family. Who has a house? An enchanted house. Enchanted house that's crumbling, and they all have superpowers except for one of them. Right. The end. Like, I don't know. It, it's. I, I just. It was so. I. It was so aggravating. So here I am going backwards on my. I just want a movie to have some heart. I gotta have something more than heart because that movie was all heart and like not much else for me. I just didn't love it not my thing. yeah i feel pretty much the same way and uh but the baffling, yeah. the baffling thing is how people are like applauding the animation and the art direction and stuff i i felt that that was fine i thought the art direction and the animation was good it was everything but, else that wasn't good for me but here but here's the thing i feel like what people do i feel like what people do when they talk about that is they're like oh they they have some idea in their head about like how well does the CG, how well do they replicate human movement or something? Or like, does mm. this thing look shiny like an actual house or something? Mm. And what they don't think about is, does it like, is it nice looking? Like, like, like a, a Sleeping Beauty did not look like, um, you know, people. But right. the, you can like take stills from that from that cartoon, and they're like you could put it up on your wall because they look amazing, mm -hmm. like the the like demon guy coming out of the thing out of the clouds, and it's all dark, and the, you know it's just like aesthetically it looks cool. the The shots in this movie they were all like mid shots. There was no, I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. That's all. I I guess I thought visually was the only kind of positive um yeah. i thought that this even though we don't talk about bruno is a huge hit i don't particularly like it um none of the songs were particularly good to me and there was too much of the storytelling in the lyrics of the song like the opening song throws a huge amount of the story at you really fast yeah um and it, like I, I just thought that the balance of songwriting and storytelling was was a little too skewed um yeah yeah but feel feel bad for the 
richest family in town because their rich house is being destroyed. I don't know. Yeah. Not my thing. Not my thing. Yep. Um. Oh, so my my old my nineteen ninety six movie that I watched. If we're talking about ninety ninety seven movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I watched The Rock last night for yep. some unknown reason. I just wanted to watch it again. I I didn't remember any of it. Um. It, I what I read later, or I was listening to another podcast about it, but that's sort of the genesis of crazy Nicolas Cage. Because before that, he did like Leaving Las Vegas and Moonstruck and some other movies. But he was still, up until that movie, he was still kind of like, oh, he's like, he's kind of like Oscar fodder guy. Like he's the guy that he'll he'll be moody in in these really intense good movies. Um, and then that movie is just like they were testing him out to see if he could be in these ridiculous action movies. Yeah. Um. And the choice, I don't know if you remember, but the choice in that movie for him to um, not curse, for his character not to curse, that was Nicolas Cage's decision. <laughs> um, huh. And the, the the funny bit that I was telling you is that um, Sean Connery in that movie, it, it all takes place in Alcatraz. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it does. Um, and Sean Connery refused to to go back and forth to the mainland every day for the movie so he had them build him a little cabin on the island that he just lived on for the day oh man that's, that that sounds lovely i want to be on a little cabin on alcatraz well and the, the the other ridiculous part of that is in his contract it stated that that his coverage got filmed first so you just picture connery walking in doing his coverage you know, I'm not gonna, I can't do my Sean Connery impression, but then he just wanders off to his little cabin. <laughs> yep, yep. But you like you liked that one, right? The Rock, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I haven't seen it probably since I was in college, so yeah, I remember really liking it. I remember we went to we went to as a family to go see it in the theater when it came out. I remember going to see it in the theater one night. And then I remember being like, oh man, that was awesome, and watching it again and again with my friends when I was like a young teenage boy and then probably saw it in college and that's probably the last of it yeah it's i mean it, it, it it's it's the most implausible movie ever uh or not ever but you know it's just yeah. it's it just silly it's so silly but it, it's it's good because sean connery's in it because nicholas cage is in it because um i remember it having a really good score i great action I, movie score I disliked the the music in it. I I didn't feel like it was anything mm. that notable for me. But yeah. but uh that is on something Amazon maybe Amazon Prime or something. Yeah. Um So go ahead. Oh, I was going I was going to say that What was I going to say? No, I lost it. Yeah. I got to confess that um Nicolas Cage doesn't really move the needle for me. I kind of feel like in the last 10 years or so, people of our generation, like us sort of late millennials, Gen Xers, it has really been a thing to be like, God, Nicolas Cage is so great because he's in these crazy, crazy movies. Isn't it just so wonderful to watch another crazy Nicolas Cage performance? It does not move the me. I could not care less. I, I Nicholas Cage being in a movie 
does nothing for me. If it's otherwise a good movie, okay. But like, I just am not into Nicolas Cage the way that our generation's culture seems to be really into Nicolas Cage right now. I don't get it. Did Have you seen the Bad Lieutenant movie that he made? Nope. Have uh, Have you seen, I don't think you've seen Color Out of Space, which is a newer nope. one. Did you see Wicker Man? Nope. I think, so I think you're missing some key puzzle pieces. Okay. The Bad Lieutenant movie that he was in, mm-hmm. I, I would I would recommend watching that. Um, Wicker Man is is, I think, what brought him into this level for everybody. And then they were like, "Let me go back and see what's going on with Nicolas Cage." And then they watched that Bad Lieutenant movie. At least that's kind of how it was for me. Um, and. Yeah, I agree. He, he probably is getting more attention than he needs, but he's—I don't know. I, I think I'm—I think I'm in that club at least to some degree. His mm-hmm. movie—he just—he will do anything. He'll just do any movie, and any mm-hmm. movie that he's in, he's in—he's in his own movie, yeah. <laughs> regardless of what it is. I see the um, appeal of that. I do. Did you see uh, Kickass? No. I, see, I, I think I think you're missing some key pieces because okay. his his performance in Kickass was really good. Um, I, I I think watch that Bad Lieutenant movie if you want to see him at his like prime. Like they were just like you do everything that you want to do, and and then on the complete opposite side of that, um, Pig, that new movie that he's in. Yes, people say it's good. It's it's great. It's great. It's it's a art art house subdued movie, and I think people were expecting him to be crazy Nick Cage, and he's not really mm. not, not in that. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. really good. I would like to see that movie. Yeah, mm. I man, if you want to, but if you want off the rails Nick Cage, I think you got to circle back and watch um, Bad Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Kick Ass, Wicker Man. Yeah. Gotcha. Last so so I got one more movie to to mention. Let's hear it. Uh, last night, I watched The King's Man, the newest oh. movie in the Kingsman franchise. Right. Yeah, it was not good. So I never watched no, any good. of the other ones. I really liked Kingsman one. I quite enjoyed it. Mm. It's like a sort of like very very R rated, hyper violent kind of misogynistic quite frankly like like it's it's definitely not it's an unapologetically somewhat you know dude action dude dudely action movie but i i really enjoyed kingsman one and then kingsman two i watched i it was not nearly as good this new one is a prequel so this new one is about the origin of the kingsman organization and it takes place in the world war one era and the trailers i was super hyped for it because i like anything that's a period piece i like period action pieces especially um and there was some inspired bits of casting like you know the actor tom hollander he hollander. is tom, tom hollander, hollander. No. yeah tom hollander so he <laughs> is the Spider-Man. lead in the movie in the movie um in the loop and he oh, okay. yeah so in the movie, they cast him to play all three of 
King George of England, um, Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany, and Tsar Nicholas of Russia, which is pretty inspired because they were cousins. All three of them were grandchildren of uh, Queen Victoria. But so that was so that was cool. But he's not very funny in any any of those roles. Like they don't really play to his humorous chops. Um, And also the movie the movie posits this really, really fucked up spin on history, which is that um, World War One and all the events surrounding World War One were all orchestrated by like a secret cabal of baddies. None of it was ever, none of it was actually caused for the reasons you think. Like the Archduke Franz Ferdinand wasn't assassinated by a nationalist. He was assassinated by somebody who was pretending to be a Serbian nationalist who was actually working for this secret cabal. And the Russian revolution was orchestrated. Lenin was not actually a real revolutionary and communist. He was also working for the secret cabal and so on down the line. And the movie even goes so far. So the movie takes place like basically the protagonists of the movie are trying to um, bring World War One to a close by like allow by getting the United States into the war, so the United States can come in and the war can end. Um, but then at the end of the movie, in like a little post credits button, it posits that okay, the secret society is like okay, we've got our left wing forces, we've got Lenin working for us, we got to get a right wing person, and then so they introduce Lenin and Hitler. So the movie like literally posits that Hitler was working for a secret society that controls, that pulls the strings of the universe, which when you think about it is so terrible because it's like, okay, Hitler, no, he wasn't actually an anti-Semite. In fact, he was working for this secret society that wants to just see the world burn, which is itself an anti-Semitic trope. It's so bad. Oh no! It's so like the, oh, the politics no. of this movie were so fucked up. I, I, and I just... the first two movies also do have the the first two movies are kind of like libertarian fanfic basically they're kind of like the the all the politicians of the world are fucked up and dumb what we actually need is like a secret society of aristocratic gentlemen who take care of things so it's this like i it's like this libertarian aristocratic fever dream of a of a story but in the third one it's just the politics are so fucked up it's pretty enjoyable. It's better than the second movie in terms of just enjoyment, but it was it was not good. I, I I just Googled it because as you were saying that, I was like, I bet that's based off of a comic book. And yeah, yeah. sure sure enough it is. And some of the things make sense what you're saying because Mark Millar, or mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce his name, Mark Millar. Um, I think it's Millar. That guy is very much in that kind of anyway that 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 didn't he do kick ass yeah he did a bunch of these like super violent um super violent kind of movies um i think he did the ultimates which is uh let me google i i could be wrong let me google that real quick uh the old ultimates mark millar um Yes. So, and the Ultimates is it, it, you if you if you ever read the Ultimates, it's basically like his take all of the uh, characters from the Avengers, mm-hmm. but their interplay basically Marvel took his blueprint and made the new Avengers movies. I see. Um, what? Oh, one. I guess my last 
my last plug because you mentioned that one i should say um nobody that movie with um bob odenkirk bob yeah very by uh, another movie that's very by the numbers but does what it does so well and the action in that is so well choreographed and they mm-hmm. they don't make the mistakes of like pulling away at, at like a time when somebody's like punching another guy um there's a this is a minor minor spoiler because you can just look it up and see that he's in the movie but um the rizza is in this from wu-tang clan um it's so good it's so good it's just like it's it's maybe not even an hour and a half it's like a hundred like an hour and 20 minutes or something it's just so good it's just tight tightly woven story doesn't ever get bogged down in and out great action movie nice yeah all right. Well, yeah, man, that's been our movie roundup. That's a uh, that's well. There's roundup. some others I've seen, but not worth mentioning. Oh, excuse yeah, me. we could. Um, but that, yeah, wanted to, and we're back on the moniker that we should have never. I should have never left in the first place. Eleventh Street Telegram. Ah, the Eleventh Street Telegram. Yeah. So that is our moniker. I'm not changing it again. Okay. I don't, I don't care. Sounds good. Got to have Mr. Blazanov. Gotta have that Blazanov. No respect, Blazanov. Don't, don't. I should say, don't disrespect, Mister Blazanov. That's right. Yeah. All right. So until next time, stay by your apparatus. Indeed. <laughs>